Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Today's title for the service was Releasing Anxiety, or as um, many of us say, don't worry. Of course, when someone says don't worry about anything, we immediately think, well, that's easy for you to say. Uh, but Paul is um, he's not ignoring people's real concerns. He's writing from prison, and there are plenty of things that will be worrying him or could worry him in prison, what's happening to him, what's going on around him. A decision was still being made about whether he could be released or not. And he knew that even in the church, some people were putting themselves forward as rivals uh, for leadership. And these kind of cares would harass anybody. So he's, he's not denying that the people he's speaking to have real cares. Like many, they may be trying to carry all the burdens of the future on their own shoulders. Paul is talking about the kind of anxiety that is when we worry about things we've got no control over. The kind of worry that if we could take the time to think about would work out to be unreasonable. Paul knows about anxiety, so he's not dismissing the fact that people do have real worries. But he also knows from experience that God is greater than all their troubles. Look at Paul's life and we can see that he knows as well Jesus' teaching about anxiety. Those verses that we were hearing earlier. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food? The body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you much more valuable than they? And can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? These are real basic anxieties that anybody can have, and more people do have, even about where the next meal could be coming from. But Jesus, in his teaching, makes it clear that God understands all our worries. It goes all the way through the Old Testament, that favourite psalm of many people, Psalm 23, with a wonderful picture of God being like an excellent, loving shepherd 
where the words say, he restores my soul. I thought that looked like a particularly happy little sheep. Yeah. But for humans, to know that your soul is restored, the picture is of God looking after us, providing for our well-being, removing our anxieties, so our inner being is made whole and is at peace. We'll have a whole nother sermon about the word peace and shalom. I'm sure Donald could give you a lot of exegesis about that, about the wholeness that peace, that word means, the wholeness that we feel when God has hold of our anxieties. Paul, if we read these verses, he has an anxiety antidote, the antidote to anxiety, talking to God about your anxieties. That opens those anxieties up to God and opens us up to God's peace. Now, just like Jesus, three words will do where one is translated. <laughs> yeah. Paul uses three words for praying, rather like Jesus teaching about praying. When Jesus said, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. Three words for pursuing God, asking him to deal with your issues and anxieties. Paul, similarly, says, pray, make petitions, make requests, and do it all while giving thanks. You'll believe me when I say your worries are too important not to give up quickly on dealing with them. Pray, make petitions, make requests to God. I noticed in some notes given out by uh, National Health Service counsellors saying dealing with worries and anxious thoughts requires regular practice. And so often we, we look for a quick, think, a quick fix, even from the doctor, from the National Health Service or from God. But dealing with worries and anxious thoughts requires some attention. Praying is often not a quick fix. Paul emphasises that we should keep on asking and giving thanks at the same time. And in this way, we're acknowledging that God is in the situation. As we give thanks to God, we're saying, yes, God is in these situations that I'm worried about. God is there. A situation that otherwise might sink us. We are inviting God into that situation to lift us, to carry us through. We see that our cares are God's care and he carries our anxieties really so we don't have to. Dealing with anxiety in this way, as Paul is telling us, to invite God in, to hand those anxieties over to God, this is what our title releasing anxiety is about. This puts a guard 
on our hearts and minds, like a garrison of soldiers. You know, Paul is he's there, uh, imprisoned, not allowed to go out. He knows what it is to have a guard, also stopping people coming in. And for us, there's a guard stopping those anxious thoughts piling in on us. Paul knew what it was like to have a guard, and he's talking about a guard that is God's peace that God gives to us, his peace, the calm and serenity that is in God's nature. It is so marvellous, such a marvellous peace that none of us fully understands it. And it has better results than our own plans and our own scheming would achieve. It goes deeply into our hearts and minds and emotions. It's available to us and comes to us when Jesus is Lord of our life. A great sense of security that guards against anxiety. Longer term strategies. Paul says, finally. When you hear that in a sermon, it means nothing. How many times have I said finally in a sermon and gone on for half an hour? <laughs> Not today. It doesn't necessarily mean for Paul it's the end of what he's saying. It's the last in a series of points that he's been talking about standing firm as a Christian. So he's been teaching us through the letter these different aspects of standing firm in our faith. And this is another point. So as a Christian, dealing with anxiety, that doesn't stop you being a Christian. Sometimes people think, oh, you know, where's my faith? I haven't got any faith. I'm just too worried. But no, actually bringing God into your anxieties, that helps you to stand firm as a Christian. Paul is going to talk about being full of good thoughts, whatever is excellent and worthy of praise, look for these things. And you'd want to think, where are these things going to be? Quickly, you'll turn to the Bible. Perhaps those passages that you've got marked, or maybe you've got the helps that they used to put in the back of the Gideon's Bible for every school child, a list of helps, where to find help. Maybe you've got those uh, somewhere in your Bible as well. But Paul says whatever is excellent and whatever is worthy of praise. And St. Augustine assured us in his explanation that all truth is God's truth. So when we look around and we see around us in the natural world, and even in the people and the artistic work around us, what is excellent and worthy of praise? It might be in church. It might be in others around us, in our world. Those things, Paul says, think about these things. He even says it's not easy. You're going to have to spend time thinking about these things. And now people have even more pressures. This fast pace of life, 
Paul didn't have TikTok, I'm sure, or Instagram or any other social media. But young people now, and those not so young as well, have TikTok. They have the pressure of a Facebook page and they will see what other people think of them so much, so quickly. But Paul says, look for the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. We have to work hard for goodness and the kind of actions that would get God's approval. And we have to notice that though they get God's approval, they don't always get everybody else's approval. And when Paul says, think about these things, he uses a strong word, a word that includes um, what we would say reckon on, calculate, take into account, to evaluate, to weigh up what is coming into your heart and your mind. For me, these days, I think that would include the news, whatever's coming in on television, what you're viewing online or on your social media feeds. Weigh up the value of these things. As Paul says these things, those around us might think, well, what does he know? He's writing nearly 2,000 years ago. I found out by looking at some notes I had that so much of what he's saying is now repeated in a therapy called cognitive behaviour therapy, often used by the National Health Service to deal with worries and anxieties. When Blanche and I used to uh, talk with people, listen to people, giving them pastoral care, we used to refer to a shorthand version called Telling Yourself the Truth. And that's a kind of paraphrase of cognitive behaviour therapy, which takes a lot more time to help people to think about what they're thinking. Is it actually true? Well, I should explain that because anxiety in my own life was pushing me towards medical procedures, even after open-heart surgery, I had three stents put in over the next three years. And eventually the consultant said, we've, we've done everything medical. It's got to be lifestyle. It's got to be how you live that makes the difference. I had to learn that you can have chest pains without it necessarily being angina, and you can have anxiety without it necessarily being a disease. And so after resisting for at least five years, I eventually took a course from National Health Service counsellors. And these notes were one of the pages where it says, think about your thoughts. And this was the counsellor's list. What is true? What is helpful? What is inspiring? What is necessary? What is kind? Of course, it rather nicely, in the modern way, fits in with the word think. But I noticed how similar it is to Paul's list. What is true? What is noble? What is right and pure? What is lovely? What is amiable? 
think through these things. Well, I found the think-through sheet helpful, even after years of reading Philippians and not applying it. It does have an easy uh, way to remember the think-through. But what we all need to do is choose a translation of Philippians 4, look at the verse and just let it settle in. What is true? What is noble? What is right? What is lovely? What is amiable or friendly? Think on these things. And Paul says, as he goes on, don't just think about them, do them. Put into practice. Do these things. Things that are truthful to what you say and what you think. Being noble, it sounds grand, but it just means doing the thing that's right and honourable. Right. Things that lift your mind, take you away from what is cheap and rubbishy and flashy and showy. Being just, giving people what is owed to them in time and attention, carrying out your duties. Being pure, the things that are fit for God, have these in your life. Being lovely, attractive and winsome. What is attractive in our lives to other people rather than hostile? Being admirable or amiable, friendly. That's great, isn't it? Just to be friendly to other people too. These things displace anxiety. I found it's a great list and I, I just wish there was a section on the internet browser when it says put in your preferences and you could type in noble, honourable, truthful, helpful, necessary and kind. But those browser settings aren't there so we have to apply them ourselves. But do that and encourage others. When they use social media, encourage them. Are the things that you're looking at true, helpful, noble, lovely, amiable, even kind? When the people went for their eye test in the video we saw from the training centre, I wondered if the optician was going to use those little drop-down filters that he sometimes put in front of your eyes and they say, is it more clear or less clear? More clear or less clear? Well, as our thoughts come to us, we can ask, does it bring more peace or less peace? We need to check our thinking by Jesus' teaching, the teaching that Jesus has given to the church and the church has passed on to you and to me. To ask ourselves, does our thinking bring more peace or less peace? Paul's message, all together, all taken together, brings ongoing peace with God. It's a promise there, a promise from God. God himself will give you peace. The God of peace will be with you. Paul knows it from experience. I know it from experience. If you know it from experience, you have something wonderful to pass on to other people. 
because so many people have anxiety and worry. You have the peace of God to pass on to them. And people have a lot more worries than the football. Just going to say a brief prayer. Father God, thank you for your gift of peace. Thank you that when Jesus is Lord of our lives, when he's in our lives, he brings your peace. Help us in our daily living to test our thoughts and what's coming into our lives against your word, to see what is true and kind, what is noble, what would be worthy of your praise and help us to live with those things and to keep your guard on our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Amen.